Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. On this episode, join Elizabeth, Christina, and Russell as they chat with Shelley about their favorite sci-fi fantasy books. They will talk about the different types of sci-fi fantasy, favorite authors, and what they are currently streaming. So stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stacks and Stories. My name is Shelley, and today we have a really neat episode. We are going to have a group discussion about science fiction and fantasy. And we have with us Christina, Elizabeth, and Russell. And I would like to start it off with, so science fiction and fantasy. So they're the same thing, right? No. Sure, no. <laughs> Not sure <even> Shelley. <laughs> so what's the difference? Science fiction is more about science that doesn't really exist. But speculation so like, exists. Yeah. Science in the future. They're, they're both sure. speculative fiction. Yeah, speculative fiction. That's a better way to say it. Let's okay. think about where the science could go. Okay. And then fantasy is just more magic y. Yeah, more kind of an of alternate stuff. reality where like nothing progressed past the medieval time and you've got swords and knights and magic and well, that's dragons and stuff. Traditional fantasy, maybe, but there are other areas of fantasy that don't have anything to do with swords and dragons. So there's like sub-genres. Right. All right. Yes, my favorite sub-genre is classified as urban fantasy, which is mm. like the Harry Potter is a very popular example of that, where it's the real world exists, but then you've got the, the secret magic world where the mythical creatures and things exist. All right, so I like Harry Potter, so I can, I can go with that. So does fantasy and sci-fi, do they ever cross? Is there ever like a crossover? Sure. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And those are some of my favorites. Well, why don't you tell me about some of your favorites, Elizabeth? Um, did you bring like some titles with I, you today? I did, I brought some titles. So. The Stand, I think, is an example of sci-fi and fantasy crossing. And that is by? It's by Stephen King. And there are two versions, apparently. The first version, he decided it wasn't quite long enough. And so he went and added a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, like the first version is like, what, 800 pages? And Something like that. And it needed like to that. be 1,200 pages? Right, right. He... He needed to add some things in so you get the whole backstory of how the whole plague in the book starts and and things like that but there's also these magical elements that come in where people are getting dreams and there's the whole good versus evil and I just it's it's a great epic fantasy sci-fi book what do you think about the miniseries that they did on the I, stand I have not seen the newest miniseries. Oh, I didn't know there were two. Yeah, there's there two of them. There are two. There was oh, one okay. back in the 90s. I just knew about the old one with Rob Lowe. In Molly it. Ringwald yes. was Ro- Molly it. Ringwald. Mm. Um, That's Gary the old Sinise. one, right? Yeah. Um, I, I love that one. And I know that it's, you know, it's not that great, but I still love it. Because that was at the time I had just read the book 
And then the miniseries came out like a year later, and I just, I loved everything about it, so. But you have not seen this new one. I haven't seen the new one, and there's some comics that I haven't read. Have any of y'all read the comics? Um, So I'd actually just rather go back and read the book again, because it's been like 20 years since I've read it, so. Do you tend to reread? Are you a re-reader? I am not a big re-reader. So it's, and especially a book like that, because it's so long, that's a huge chunk of my time that I would devote to something that I couldn't be reading something new, but we'll see. So the stand would fall under science fiction? Well, it's science fiction. But it has some fantasy elements. Right. He actually based it on the Lord of the Rings series. So instead of The Hobbit, you've got Stu. And instead of The Dark Lord, you've got Randall Flagg. And instead of Mordor, you've got Las Vegas. So... I did not know that. So, yeah, it's fantasy it's the whole epic fantasy but it's also sci-fi because it has the you know the plague and Mm -hmm. the the modern elements of you know the warring countries and so it's a it's a mashup I can dig that I can dig that a lot anyone else have a favorite they want to talk about I know you do Russell um well I have I have wanted to talk about an author more than a book because Jim Butcher, he's, he has three series that he is currently writing and the Dresden Files is the urban fantasy. I know about the Dresden Files. Okay. <laughs> Love well, the Dresden uh, Files. I have read maybe one or two of them and there was a very the short <laughs> like series. Yes, there was a very short TV series. I didn't think it was very well done. It was not. It was awful. <laughs> But I appreciate the attempt, and I would love to see see it actually done well with all the others that are going on, all the other crossover, uh, not crossovers, um, adaptations. That's it. There you go. Okay. Russell, uh, I started reading the books because of the bad TV series. Really? So oh, that's I, we watched the. My husband and I watched the series first and realized it was a book, was based on a series of books, and that's how we found the author, Jim Butcher. Did you think the series was bad when you watched it? No, because we had no reference okay, yeah. to the books. Yeah. So we were like, oh, cool, he's a wizard. You know, he has a fake hockey stick that he carries. Yeah, that's his that's uh, right. sta- his wizard staff. staff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. to us, with no knowledge of the books, it, it kind of made sense. It was a gateway to the books. Which the books are much better. Yes. So it's interesting. You can come about the books either way. But yeah, there are currently, I think he's just released the 16th book in the series. Um, And it's just the story, it's one of the books, and I am a big rereader. So like, there was a a fairly long gap between the 14th and the 15th book. And when I found out that the 15th book was going to be released, I went back and reread like the, the last five or six books just to re-familiarize myself with everything that had happened but the story just keeps getting better it's not it's not one of those like wheel of time that it kind of peters out and it's just like okay please move forward 
it, it actually it keeps it keeps you engaged throughout the entire series and you always are wanting to know there's always that question of what's going to happen next and who is this person because they present themselves as this but then they're also over here doing this other thing so who is this person you know so there's a lot of mystery involved in it and it keeps me engaged he also has another series called the codex alera which is a more of your traditional fantasy where it's it's another it's a whole other planet i read an article about it and i don't know if it's true or not but the article that i read said that one of jim butcher's friends and they were having an argument over jim butcher said that he could really write you could write a story about anything and the guy said no you can't it's so uh, yeah he basically said okay write a story about pokemon and the lost roman legion the 99th legion and he did and it turned out to be codex alera and knowing that going into it you can kind of see where those elements are hinted at, but there it's not. So it's not like outright Pokemon. Yeah, no. Okay. There's the people of that realm have they call them Furies, but it's basically just a a spirit of stone or a spirit of air or fire, you know. But it assists them with daily chores and can like the the wind spirits can help their person that they're bonded to fly and things like that. It definitely but, feels like you're reading about the Roman Empire if they had yes. Pokemon helping them, whatever, however you want to say that. So, yeah. Because that, that was my vision is that you saw these centurions and the Roman soldiers mm-hmm. and they're, instead of marching on the roads, the earth furies are helping them move down the road. And it, it's an interesting series. Yeah, it, it is very interesting. I, I really enjoyed and the other series only has one book in it, and it's The Cinder Spires. He's only written the first book. He has promised more, but we are still waiting. Is he getting older? Is he, like... You know, I have no idea how old he is. Because a lot of times when authors start getting older, you start, like, worrying. They, <laughs> yeah. Especially when they start yeah, promising, not. you're like, hmm. Yeah. He doesn't look that old. He I, I admit like to stalking him online. Uh, mid to late 40s. Okay. I admit to stalking him online. Oh, you do. So he does yes. not look. That's always metal. fun. Yes. yes. You know, just because you want to know who who's well, writing this. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of person, you know, can think of things like this? I saw him at a, um, a convention, and it was it was a, a comic book convention. It had nothing to do with. Uh, I think he was releasing a graphic novel version of the Dresden Files, and he was making this appearance and this is the first time that I had actually seen him and I was, he, it doesn't look anything like I had pictured like I had pictured this old guy like hunched over you know because he spent all his time writing and he, he doesn't look like that he looks like did you get a photo with him no I did not there was way too many people there That's too but bad. there were a lot of people doing that getting photos getting signatures and such well I just added Stormfront to my story graph so I'll give it a shot good you should and give it a couple of books to really get involved because he changes the way the magic system works. Oh. It works one way, and then he, he kind of alters it to make it fit a little bit better. Because in, in Stormfront, there's a couple of things that happen. You're like, that's, that's kind of hokey. But then... I can handle a little bit hokey. What I can't handle is having to wait until the fourth or fifth book for no. it to, quote, really get good. Yeah. The story itself... <laughs> The story itself is still, Stormfront still has a great story, and it's okay. got a, a lot of, it's very action-packed. So 
I think Butcher handles the growth of the main character well because oftentimes if you get into a series you know the main character is suddenly growing in power you know and becomes all powerful and over the series of book yes that happens with Dresden however he keeps getting these horrible setbacks that counteract that typical spike in power that our wizard seems to be having happen to him so horrible circumstances so (laughs) Well, I think that's something that readers can relate to. Are there any like sci-fi or fantasy books that are, because a lot, a lot of these seem like they're kind of deep, you know? I mean, is there any like light fare out there for people that are like dipping their toe into the genres? I can talk about one of my favorite genres of paranormal romance, which is, yeah. to me, is totally fluff. I love fluff. <laughs> There's a time and a place for fluff. There is a meme out there about reading that, that many of you, and I know I've said it before, that people read for pleasure, which implies there's reading for pain. And I'm in grad <laughs> school right now, so a lot of what I'm reading is this in, deep informational science theory. So at night, uh, I don't really want to have a you deep... You need an outlet. Right. I yeah. don't want this deep novel that I'm trying to process that has a lot of science in it or something. So one of the things that I go to, and it's a little embarrassing to say... No, there's is no the, embarrassment <laughs> here. No. no. Judge-free zone is paranormal romance. And I didn't come with any one author, but K.F. Bream, T.S. Joyce, Zoe Chant, Meg Zumiel, are just some of the authors out there that you can find who write in this genre. And we're talking about, they're very easy reads, but think Harlequin, but with a paranormal twist with shifters a.k.a. werewolves or vampires or things like that. And, yes, it's an interesting thing that I got hooked on trying to find something to kind of help me, my brain, unwind from the day. Mm-hmm. And But apparently it is one of the number one genres out there that, that women focus on. And it's, you know, it can go back to Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. is a version of that, all the way up to the Twilight series mm-hmm. is a version of that. And because I'm, like, struggling with the fact that oh my gosh, I want to read about this shifter true mate stuff that I was going down a YouTube rabbit hole <laughs> and Jordan Peterson, who, um, who's a currently a very pop culture reference right now, is very popular, has an, a video on this that talking about what men and women are, are going towards and why women love this genre. And it's this hero, this hero complex that women want, that we are the one person that can tame the beast. Ah, oh, I that, see that. that. I see that. And it relates to his, that his current thing about a good man is a dangerous man. But we are the one person, that, that, that true mate in the werewolf shifter sense that can tame this. And there's, this person is going to protect us. There's something very appealing about that. Yes. Yeah. And apparently women love that. And we love it written, not visual. And we want to read about that. Mm -hmm. I guess it makes us feel good. I can totally relate to that. TMI. Sorry. That's interesting. Does anyone else have a favorite book or author they would like to talk about? Well, it's not really fluff but it's it does lighter. not have to be fluff it does not it have is, to be it is paranormal lighter. romance it is lighter than the like the dresden files or like the stand or any of those really where you have to invest in in reading the story simon r green writes several series but the nightside series is very 
it's very lighthearted. It's very quirky, and and it's more of it's also in that same urban fantasy genre. But it's the, the night side is a part of London that you basically cross this line, and it's always nighttime. The moon's always in the sky, and it's where all the creepy crawlies hang out but they hang out together you'll have vampires and werewolves and you'll have robots from two millennium in the future and they're all hanging out together at a bar and is it uh, is it like funny yes yeah simon r green is very humorous for a certain type of humor if if you have a, a dark sense of humor and combine that with corny dad jokes yes it is they're very funny the series itself is you could pick it. You could pick it up at, at any one of the points because he he's, he does very well about recapping if anything happened in a previous book that needs to be mentioned. Now there are several like I think there's 12 or 13 books in that series, but they're closer to being like television episodes where, like I said, you can you could pick up at any any you one of them and like, read, yeah, read and and enjoy like the it's, book. Like it's standalone. Exactly. Now there will be overarching themes that cover the entire series and then there will be maybe one book that is devoted entirely to that larger plot line but and even at the beginning of that book he says if you have not read these other books then go read those first so that you understand what's going on in this book but for the most part any one of them you can pick up and read and there there's a lot his imagination is amazing Whereas, like, you have the Jim Butcher where they, they kind of all stay in a pre-existing mytho- mythology or mythos where you've got, like, gods and monsters that have been written about for thousands of years. Simon R. Green creates entirely new creatures, and from the sci-fi element, he takes computers and says, okay, what if Frankenstein had access to AI? and, mm. and com- kind of mushes mm-hmm. that together and mm-hmm. comes out with this creature that is just ridiculous. But he's like, he's very humorous, but at the same time, he's also very frightening because he's a monster. But, but I really enjoy that about him, that he can take something that is a genre that I love and has been so done and in some cases overdone and just he puts a new little spin on it a new twist on it that just completely revitalizes my love of of that genre but he has several other series he has the secret histories it's the secret histories and it's told of the perspective of the drood family who have a uh, interdimensional being came and made them protectors of the earth or protectors of this dimension and they exist alongside everyday people, but nobody knows about them. And they are, it is the secret side of, uh, it's basically like James Bond if he was magic. <laughs> That's the best way I can think of to describe it. And he even refers to himself, the Eddie Drood is the main character, and it's told in first person. He refers to himself as... James Bond a couple of times, or Ian, Fl- Ian Fleming's James Bond, or something like that. But it's a very interesting story, and he also pulls in a lot of like stories that happened in my lifetime, with like the uh, Iran Contra, the thing with President Reagan, and 
I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but a anyway. lot of historical yes. events. Yes, yeah, a lot of historical mm -hmm. events. He pulls those in and, and says, okay, this is what really happened, you know, mm -hmm. and it's I love that, that a monster was. I really like that because it gives like a, a context and be like, here's the real story. And it's, it's kind of a tie-in that you can feel a, a greater connection to. And you're like, oh, I remember that. But, you know, mm -hmm. here's my... Uh, you know, conspiracy theory, but here's what really happened with those werewolves or, you yeah. know, this magical James Bond. Um, Christina, did I hear you say earlier that you are new to these genres? Or is that something I'm making up? Okay. Um, you're new to the paranormal romance. Oh, yes. Well, okay, you're yes. new to that. That's just the last couple of years I picked up on that because I was uh, horrified that I was reading a romance novel but oh, you know it justified okay. by Just that it was concept of that it was this. you know shifters where where polar bears and you know yeah where badgers i don't know it's um, it gets it see it gets silly but you're like it's it's her one true love oh, look <laughs> and he saves her by gnawing off this bad guy's foot yeah. and it's wonderful <laughs> and it's it's 200 pages and i'm done in one night there's no shame in whatever you enjoy reading. You know, That's it, what we as librarians always say. Now, Unless, I do have a hard fiction, that, uh, science fiction favorite novel. Please, tell us. One of my favorite authors is one of the big three, uh, Robert Heinlein. I absolutely love Robert Heinlein. Most people know him for Stranger in the Strange Land or Starship Troopers, but my favorite novel is The Moon is a Harsh Mistress and it is about the lunar revolt of 2075. The, the moon at this time is a penal colony, so the Earth ships off all its bad guys, bad people, to the, to the moon. Do what they will up there. You know, they, they provide space and up to you if you live or not. And it's told from the point of view of a computer technician called uh, Manuel or Manny, who services the computer that runs basically the whole lunar network. And it is a Holmes 4 computer, which the Manny nicknames Mycroft, as in Mycroft Holmes, and he calls him Mike. And in his caring for this computer, the computer becomes sentient and aware and becomes friends with Manny, and in the, Manny gets sucked into the lunar revolt and the computer, how the computer and they all work together. I think some of the things I love about this novel is the new language because you can think about all these uh, people from around the world being sent to the moon, so there's a lot of different languages that mix in new words. You know, you pick up Russian, Spanish, and just weird things like the computers are called dinkum thinkums. <laughs> there's some other uh, derogatory language that is completely made up in the book mm -hmm. that is, is wonderful. But Heinlein uh, coined the phrase speculative fiction which is, makes it, uh, implies a more hardcore science background as opposed to a little more on the spectrum going to the fantasy. So Hyland was an engineer, so he did a lot of um, explaining you know, space trajectories and all this stuff. So you could go through two pages of how to pilot your spaceship, which to me, I, I don't know, I, I kind of dug that because it felt like it was grounding it in real science, but we're gonna go live on the moon. And I love those little spots in the novel. It also, the, the novel is uh, famous for coining the phrase Tonstoffel, which means there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. 
and uh, would Say you that be, word what, again? What was there the ain't no such thing as a free lunch. And what's the word? Tonstoffel. Okay. I actually was going to wear my t-shirt today, but we're not allowed to wear words, yeah. know, t-shirts, so, which really appeals to certain sensibilities. The novel revolves around a you know, rugged individualism, and a lot of his later novels dealt with pioneer-type societies on other planets, that that was the freest type of society. There's a lot of libertarianism in it and uh, the free expression of, of how you love people. And this I do reread. And when I, this is one of the novels that I go back to and read when I little, need a little more than just fluff, mm-hmm. you know, werewolves. A little more depth. Yeah, so I, uh, I go back and I read this novel. And the other interesting thing is that this, some of the characters are connected in other novels. So like his future histories and uh, you meet Hazel Mead, who is Hazel Stone, who was part of the novel The Rolling Stones that Highland wrote. In other novels, The Cat Who Walked Through Walls, they try to rescue Mike, the computer, to bring him to another uh, dimension. So he, he actually creates the, honestly, he created the multiverse when you get down to it, that there are different timelines. And in other of his novels, he explores different timelines and brings them together. So it's always neat, you know, if you watch a movie and go, oh, that actor played this in that movie, mm-hmm. well, I go through these books and I'm like, oh, look, he's talking to such and such, you know, mm-hmm. Hazel Mead, she was in the Rolling Stones and, you know, dated Colin Campbell and the cat who walks through walls. And yeah, That's I, cool. I am that nerd. Simon R. Green does, it does the same thing. He has one universe that it contains all of his different book series and every now and then you'll hear like you said it'll be that one little character he's like i know that guy that guy's over here and he did this and this and this that i i love love that about those books and now i'm gonna have to go and read it's a definition of a you're welcome true nerd (laughs) true nerd right here (laughs) elizabeth i have a question for you what's that um do you only read sci-fi and fantasy no, but I've noticed that a lot of my books, even if they are supposed to be just regular history or whatever, a lot of them have an element of fantasy or sci-fi. I'm, I'm reading one right now that's, it's Echo by Pam Munoz Ryan, and it's, it's a middle grade book, and it's about, there's a magical harmonica that gets passed around to three different kids at three different points in time and but it's it's really just historical fiction but there's magic harmonica so somehow you are always drawn to I, these genres i like even a if you're not aware of it right if, i like a fantastical element yeah so who doesn't like fantastical elements some people just um, do not. Shelley Ziegler. <laughs> but you like magic. You you like you like Harry Potter. I like which Harry is Potter. Like the ultimate in all magic-y type things. But uh, and I like the Wizard of Oz, um, which has a map in the front. Hey, I like. <laughs> I would just like to say in Robert Heinlein's uh, uh, one of his books, they actually go to Oz. Do they? They do. Shut the really? door. So what? Uh, the number of the beast. The one of the characters creates a a time dimensional machine, and so they go through different. Heinlein called coined the phrase also coined the phrase pantheistic solipsism. That means everything you know basically exists in some ways. His multiverse term, and so the the they go and visit 
Oz because everything, all the books exist. These are all real worlds that you can visit. What do they do there? They take their cat so the cat can speak to them and tell them what they need to know. Wow. I, I love a good sci-fi cat. I will say, caveat, while the Wizard of Oz series does have a map <laughs> gag, I don't look at it. Like, I, just, I just can't stand it. So, so one of the books that I brought to talk about was the, the Broken Earth trilogy. And in it, they have a map at the beginning. And I love, I love going back to look at the map. Like, they're traipsing all over the supercontinent. And I'm like, oh, they're near, made up word, Geta. And so I'll go find Geta on the map. Like, oh, they're over here in the west. And I, I don't know what it is. I, I, love, I love seeing where people are. So. I will fully admit to watching the Game of Thrones series when they were going from one spot to another, and I'm like, how did they get there so fast? Pulling out my yes. map, looking at that. Yes. I was like, there's no way that she flew yeah. that dragon, you know, it, that, that they, fast. Yes. I was not, not a fan realistic. of the Game of Thrones series, but I, I totally did that through the, the first time I read the Lord of the Rings series and first time I read Codex Alera, both times. I, I looked at the map. I was like, there is no way they could get from this town to that town that fast. It just, you cannot do that. Even fury-assisted speed is not that fast. Magic. <laughs> Here's the difference. I love the Game of Thrones. I watched it. I didn't give a hoot about the map. I didn't care. I'm like, oh, you're going from here to here? Well, that's great. What's going to happen? But I, don't, I don't care about the map. <laughs> but you love that series, and that I is, that is epic do. fantasy. I know. Absolutely. I know. I can, Even though I didn't, I, I can only take it, it in small quantities, though. I um, I did not. I I have not read the books. I I don't plan to. I don't like his uh the way that he treats women. I I don't like all of that misogyny. I just. You know, it's bad enough. In this I've heard show. that the books are not. Uh, that the as books graphic. are not as bad as the uh, TV show. Again, I, I read the first three chapters of the first book, and he goes, he's one of those ramblers that will, he'll talk about a rock for a chapter, and I, I, it, the story did not grab me fast enough for me to, to push forward and, and read more of it. But uh, in talking with people that have read the book and watched the series, they said that the books are not as graphic or, or they don't portray women as obviously bad as the, the TV show does. It's still bad, but it's just not as bad. I, I've noticed that as I've gotten older, I've started seeking out writers who, are, who write more positively about women. Same. And um, the same way. I, I really, really enjoyed, that was one of the reasons I like the Broken Earth trilogy so much, is it's, it's about strong, powerful women who come into their own. I mean, they have absolutely horrible things happen to them, but they, they triumph in the end, and they're in charge of their own destinies, or they grab hold of them. So, Have you ever read uh, Kim Harrison or Patricia Briggs? 
I've heard both of those names. Kim Harrison is the one that I is on my reading list now. Actually, I just haven't. Yeah, I I really I enjoy both of those series, and both of them have very strong main characters that are women, and they also it's more of an equal playing ground. Like the woman vampire is just as powerful as the man vampire. Right. There's no distinction. I read some of those true romance books, and do you remember those? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. True Blood? True Blood. True, yes, yeah, True Blood. True, true yeah. Romance. True that's, romance. That's close enough. That later <laughs> yeah. movie from the night here True in the Blood. Romance. Yeah, I saw this <laughs> series, and I watched, I, I read a couple of the first, um, the first couple books. I, I read some of the books, and, and I liked them. They were nice. They, they were fluffy. They were fluffy, yeah. They they just they did her wrong so many times and I got tired of it. I you know, I get pushed enough around in my own yeah, life. I don't want to read about it. Right. Yeah. But I'll I'll check out Kim Harrison. That's she's been on my list for a while. And it's also kind of a mystery, right? She's yeah, like she's a detective ish type person. Basically a, a private detective right. and she's also a witch. Nice, hmm. nice, nice combination. So you all uh, read a lot of science fiction and fantasy. Would you say? And we've we've talked about Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones. Would would you say that your viewing habits are very similar? Do you gravitate towards? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Definitely. Yes. Any that's our first thing that we go on any of the streaming platforms is mm-hmm. to see what they recommend for uh, science fiction or fantasy. Yep. Is there anything out now that's new that you would recommend that you're watching or streaming? Put you on a spot. Uh, we just, uh, me and my wife, we've just started watching the DC Universe CW shows, which would be The Flash, oh, yeah. Green Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. And that's... That's what we are currently watching now. My my mom calls the Flash that nice young man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, that nice young man. She just loves him oh. so much. I just finished All of Us Are Dead about the zombie outbreak in South Korea, and we tried. My husband and I tried to get through the Silent Sea, but we didn't like the science behind it, oh. and stopped watching it because we felt like some of the uh, because it goes to the moon, something's happening on the moon, and there's some weird stuff, you know, zombies on the moon. and But the we couldn't get through it because we couldn't deal with, we thought it was bad science. Bad science. We just got finished with the second season of The Witcher, which, have y'all watched that? Yes. I haven't watched the second I season yet. I watched never the first season. I watched The Witcher, but I do admire him from afar. <laughs> I do too. I think, <laughs> I think there was not enough like bathtub it. scenes because it's not just about him. In fact, The Witcher is really more about Siri, the younger girl who he's kind of her protector and his true love, Jennifer. Oh. Which are they on a journey? They are on a very long journey. I figured. I can just tell they were on a journey. Pretty sure there's a map involved. I'm yeah, sure they've yeah. got a bunch um, of maps in their little pouches, their leather pouches. So I have read some of his books, and um, there is a map in the front. Oh, wait, there's yeah. books. I'm definitely gonna. Did you not avoid know? That. No, I thought yes. I, I knew it as a video game. It, it started then... as the books Sapowich. Is that his name? 
and then and he's a they're they're based on like Polish Polish folklore something it and and so then they did the video games and now they're doing the series I have I have new reading material then because I, I I, there's a lot the of them though Russell so oh is there be prepared you're gonna be adding to your TBR list yeah so get ready and they're not bad they're 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 pretty political which I'm not wild about but I'll I'll go through some politics and and they're I, I like them I would like to thank you all for coming today and sharing your obvious passion for these two genres. And uh, one thing that I always hope for our listeners is that we have provided you with some ideas and recommendations for books that you can find either at your local public library or at your favorite indie bookstore. So thank you for listening today. And we hope to have to have you join us on another episode of Stacks and Stories. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time, and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.